Thank you for listening to the Martinis and the Macabre podcast. This show contains graphic content and explicit language and is intended for adults. Listener discretion is advised. cute because last week he saw my um, roster sheet with all my residence names on it and he walked up he's an Alzheimer's patient he walked up and he was like well, I'm trying to get all this paperwork together I said, yeah I understand he goes now is, is this where I need to sign because he saw his name mm-hmm. on the paper I said sure so I handed him my pen and I let him sign it so now I got an autograph from him that's so cool. When he goes, I'll always have a little piece of him. You'll have that. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was really sweet. <laughs> so, not to introduce everything on a bad note, but welcome to Martinis and the Macabre, the podcast where we drunkenly discuss morbid murders, mysteries, and mayhem. My yeah. name is Erica. And we discuss other shit. Yeah. Sometimes we go off topic a lot. Dude, we really stray off. I'm joined by my husband and co-host, Billy. Hey, gang. Hello. Hey, gorgeous. Hello. And, uh. I was talking to the cat. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You're beautiful. Uh, eat you up. Nah. Just want to put you in my pocket and feed you Skittles. Don't you be looking at another pussy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hairy fucking. Uh, yeah. Yeah. She's got fur everywhere. Yeah. Uh. All over the place. She does not like me. <laughs> so, uh, tonight we've got a murder mystery. The mysterious murder of Robert Wong. A 32-year-old man who was murdered suspiciously in Washington, D.C. in August of 2006 while visiting at the home of a college friend. Three other people besides Robert were in the house at the time of the murder, but claim it wasn't them it was an unknown intruder that no one saw or heard because that's that's um totally unheard of mm. i didn't do it that yeah. guy did it everyone's home no one knew anything hmm. hmm so to give you a little bit of history robert Wong was born june 1st of 1974 in manhattan he graduated salutatorian of his class in high school What's and that mean? It's like mm, the one right under valedictorian. <clears throat> oh. Okay. So like second in class. Still good. Yeah, excellent. Especially in Manhattan, shit. Mm-hmm. He went on to attend the College of William and Mary as a James Monroe scholar. And while there, he met Joseph Price, the man in whose house he would be murdered years later. Robert uh, and Joseph would be involved in several activities together, including an honor society and student government leadership positions. Nerds. <laughs> it's cool. Nerds can be cool. I think nerds are awesome. I was a nerd. Our son's a nerd. You still are a nerd. What's yeah. this was shit? 
I'm a nerd. You're a nerd. I'm a nerd. Not as big of a nerd as I used to be, but I'm still a nerd. To quote MC Chris, you're my nerd girl. Hey. Billy Snuggles Jones is on <laughs> is on the scene. You guys need to look Hopefully, out. Hopefully, if you're listening to this, you just listened to our bonus episode yesterday. Boners. Which to us is just a few minutes ago because we're doing this back to back. Seven. Like seven minutes ago. <laughs> but uh, you would get that reference. Yeah. That's, so That's his gang name. If um, you're listening to this right now, you'll know. Oh, actually, if you listen to the last one, you'll know that we've had a couple drinks. Yeah, go back and listen to the Valentine's bonus episode. Boners. And I think by the end of this episode, one of us will not be speaking coherently. Hmm. I'm betting me. Why are you betting you? Because my last drink was pretty strong. I know it was, wasn't it? And I had to hit it quick. <laughs> so. Oh, man, that's how you got pregnant last time, remember? Oh. I had to hit it quick. <laughs> Good reference. Ooh, ooh, uh, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> that was seven years ago. I'm going to be fucking... Hammered. Okay. We better jump right in then. Because this is kind of a, a detailed thing here we're doing. I have a theory. Thing. That... That's a that's a technical term. Oh, no. He has a theory. Oh, oh shit. Oh, oh shit. Oh, oh, oh. Shit. Oh, I got theory. Glasses on. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're good at hyping. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, shit. Shit's about to get real. The glasses are on. What's your theory? Because I haven't even gotten past the history. My theory is I'm going to go off on a lot of tangents. And I think one or two of them might involve Married with Children, the show ALF, and Home Shopping Network. That's not really a theory. I haven't really gone over the notes here. <laughs> I'm just going to wing it. I just know me. And this is, I think I might, I think I might do that. Like actually the the whole length of our podcast, I don't think you've been using the word theory correctly. Maybe. If that's you your... have a plausible explanation or I, I tell you what, with our um with Blair, I had a goddamn theory. Mm. And that shit was a sound theory. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm See? still st- Stuffy. Yeah. <laughs> I apologize. I, It's getting worse as my mucinex wears off. Yeah. Uh, if you listen to the last episode, she didn't automatically get better. No, it, it's still the same. <laughs> it's still me. Well, we were talking about Robert Wone and, yep, we need to bring it back. That wasn't even a theory. That was just like I'm, I'm pulling in the reins. Psychic. With my stuffy nose. We're talking about Robert Wone and Joseph Price. Being members of the Honor Society, student government leadership positions. Wone graduated in 1996 and went on to receive his law degree with honors from the University of Pennsylvania Law School in 1999. 1999, 999, 999. That's Bone Thugs and Harmony. Boom, 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 boom. So tell me what you're going to do. I say words real fast. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they do. That was our jam back in the 90s. Mm. 
So law school. Yeah, graduated from law school. In 2003, he married Catherine Ellen Hugh, and the couple lived in Fairfax County. I thought this shows you how much prep I do, because really I go off the cuff. You know, I just go off of whatever being said. I thought Wong was gay. No. Could have sworn. We'll, we'll get into that. I could have sworn. We'll word, get into that. The word partner was used. We'll get into that. Oh, probably a law partner. Stop. Stop yelling at me. So, in 2003, he married Kathleen Ellen Yu, and the couple lived in Fairfax County. Two months before the murder, Wohn had left the law firm he was employed at for the position of General Counsel for Radio Free Asia, which is a nonprofit international broadcasting agency of the U.S. government. So, we're going to go over how this whole night began. Weeks before the murder... It was a crazy night. <laughs> weeks before the murder, Wohn had arranged to stay with his old college friend, Joseph Price, at Price's townhouse in Washington, D.C., which was about a mile from Wohn's office. Wohn had planned on introducing himself to the night shift at Radio Free Asia, and he really didn't want to make the long metro trip home, only to turn around and have to come back in. So, he arranged to stay with Price, and Price lived in a house with his domestic partner, Victor Zaborski. I saw domestic partner. Okay. Yeah, that's Price and Zaborski. So, they're the ones that are in a relationship. They're in a relationship, and they also lived along with a man named Dylan Ward. Price was a prominent attorney and co-founder of a Virginia gay rights group. And Victor was a successful marketing executive. Okay. The man that lived with them, Ward, who despite having graduated summa cum laude from Georgetown University School of Foreign Service in 1992. Pardon my ignorance. What's that mean? Summa cum laundry. What's that mean? <laughs> he was like top of the class. He was like oh. up there. Okay. So he graduated with these honors. Sumo wrestler laundry. Yeah. He was attending classes from... I probably just insulted a lot of, like, graduates that are listening to this right now. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I don't do words. <laughs> he was attending classes for massage therapy. The three of them lived in a self-admitted polyamorous relationship with Ward playing a dominant role in their sadomasochistic sex lives. So, poly... I'm sorry. What's it? Poly... Polyamorous. Is that a, um, and again, pardon my ignorance, is that where, um, wherever your dick falls is where it lands? Well. Type of thing? Price, very, very open. Price and Zaborski were like an intimate couple, I guess like me and you. Mm-hmm. And then Ward was kind of like the. I'm just here to have fun. Dominatrix in their sex life. So they invited him in for the sex and everything, but those two had the actual, like, relationship. So when it came to fucking, he was involved, but right. he didn't get the box of chocolates on Valentine's. Probably not. Am I, am I following this correctly? I, that's how I take it. The world is so weird. <laughs> 
Wong got to the townhouse the night of August 2nd, 2006, around about 10.30 p.m., and he reportedly chatted with Price and Ward while having a glass of water in their kitchen, then showered and went to bed. This is where shit gets real. A 911 call was placed at 11.49 by Victor, reporting a stabbing. Victor's voice was so high-pitched that the dispatcher kept referring to him as ma'am. Okay, that is funny. <laughs> Sorry. It's, it's difficult to listen to without going, ooh, ooh. Oh my god! And, and we are going to have that audio for you guys. Jesus Christ! Along with his whimpering... It's almost embarrassing to listen to all of that. <laughs> it like make you cringe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, ew, and, come on. Man. And we're going to play the audio here and then afterwards go over some key points. NBC emergency 911 operator 6752. Do you need police, fire, or ambulance? I'm ambulance. What's wrong, ma'am? We just uh, we had someone that was in our house, evidently, and they stabbed somebody. Okay, somebody's inside the house now? I don't know. We heard... Are they bleeding? You see someone yes. bleeding? Someone is bleeding in our house. Okay, where's they bleeding from? Uh, I think he was... I think in the stomach. In the stomach? Is he cautious? Uh, Calm down for me. I'm going to send some help, okay? Female or male? It's a male. He's a friend of ours. He was spent, he was spending the night with us. Okay, and who was the person that stabbed him? Do you know? Is, he, know. is, is he cautious? We need an ambulance. Ma'am, listen to me. He's not conscious. He's not conscious at all. No. We need someone right now. Is he breathing? Listen to me. Calm down. I'm going to help you, okay? Is he breathing? I'm upstairs, and he's downstairs. I don't know. Okay, who's downstairs with him? My partner is downstairs with him right now. He told me to go upstairs and call the police immediately. Okay, who's the person? Okay, I'm sending paramedics and the police. Okay, who's the person that stabbed him? I don't know. We think it's somebody with an intruder in the house. We heard the chime of the door. <laughs> and it's 15, ma'am, calm down. 1509 Swan Street, Northwest. Am I correct? Yes, it is. The person that stabbed him, is he still in the home? I don't know. We got help in route, okay? Pardon me? We have help in route. Thank you. They're here. Okay. They are there in route to you now. the police and the paramedics, okay, to assist. Okay, what I need you to do is go downstairs, okay? The place where, wherever he was stabbed at, I need you to get a dry cloth, okay? And just apply pressure to that area. If he was wherever he was stabbed at on his body, I need you to take a towel downstairs while you're waiting for the paramedics to arrive and just apply pressure. Even if the rag or towel is saturated with blood, just get another towel and put it on top, but never lift the first towel off the area. Hold it on. Once it gets filled up with blood, just put another towel on top of that and just apply pressure until the paramedics arrive. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. With the heart. In the heart? Yes. In the center of his chest. Okay. Is he breathing? Is he breathing? We have help him right now, okay? You don't know who it was? No idea. Don't touch, don't touch, just, 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 
Okay, is he breathing? He's breathing, but he needs help now. Okay, we have help in route, ma'am, okay? We do have help in route. Okay, just go down there and try to tell your husband or your other um, the other half to just try to keep him calm and talk to him, okay? Keep him calm and talk to him until someone gets there. Okay. And at the same time, get a dry cloth and just hold it right there in the area. Yes, my partner's holding the okay. It, it, holding it on him. Okay, and once it gets saturated with blood, then I'm get another one. Go get another towel so you can apply it on top of that one once it gets filled up with blood. Okay. We, need, we need you to apply pressure on that area. Yes, applying pressure. Right okay, just hold it there until the paramedics get there. They should be pulling up any moment if they're already en route to your location. You don't know who did this. We have no idea who did this. Is the door open so they can get in? We don't know how they got in. Okay, well, I'm asking you now. Is the door open so the paramedics can get in once they get here? What? Sorry. What were you saying? Is the door open so they can get in? Is the okay. door open so the so the paramedics can get in the home? I'm going to go down. Is this a private home or apartment? It's, it's a home. It's a home. It's 1509 Swan Street, Northwest. The person had one of our knives. The person that stabbed him ran out the door with a knife? I, I think so. Uh, okay, anybody get any type of description of the person that came in the home? I have no idea. We have no description. We heard we heard the chime and and we heard the scream from our friends. Okay. And so we came running downstairs. We ran in. So you both was upstairs and your friend was downstairs? Yes. You heard the door open and then you heard the scream? We didn't. I didn't hear the door open until after the scream, and then we ran down the stairs, and we heard, we are, we have an alarm, and so the chime went off. Okay. Is the ambulance, please, we really need the ambulance. Okay, they in route, they, they in route now, ma'am. Go to the door, they should be pulling up any moment, okay? I'm afraid to go downstairs. Okay, the person who's downstairs was the person that was assaulted. No, we're in the, we're on the second floor. Okay, so somebody need to go to says open the door for the paramedics. If you're not sure if that person's still in the home or not. I have no idea. Okay, we have paramedics in route, okay? What time is it? What time is it at the moment? Yes. 2354. It's 1154, ma'am. 1154. Yes. I mean... I'll stay on the line with you. I will stay on the line until somebody gets here, okay? I won't hang up. We need them right now. I'm not hanging up, but we need help now. Okay, they're in route, ma'am. They are in route. <laughs> Let me know when you hear the paramedics. Can you look out the window and see if you hear them coming? I'm, I'm looking out the window and I see nothing. I see nobody. Okay, it seems like forever, but they are en route, ma'am. They're coming. Here they are. Here they are. They're there. I'm going downstairs. Okay. I'll stand in line with you till you open the door for the paramedics, okay? <laughs> Help us. We have someone with stabbed throughout our second floor. <laughs> Ma'am. No, it's really an emergency. I mean he maybe he's sorry. <laughs> Ma'am, it's gonna be okay.
So there's the very difficult <clears throat> to listen to 911 audio. <laughs> so let's go over some things here. Victor said there was a man, by the way, this is a three-story house. They're like in a row. Uh, it's like a townhouse. Mason, I think I, I think of San Francisco. Like a full house? No, like that the, house? These, where... I've actually looked at it. They're like in a row, side by side, like butted up together. Oh. Like they share walls. Oh. Yeah, like old, 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 very old townhouses now i feel dumb dc so victor was calling stating a man was stabbed and bleeding obviously one victoria was calling if you ask the 911 operator victoria was calling (laughs) she says it a lot he he was calling on a different floor than where one was actually stabbed at one was on the second floor victor said he was calling from the third floor which is what price instructed him to do he was sent up to the third floor to get a phone to call about the man stabbed on the second floor we'll come back to that he said it was an unknown intruder that must have stabbed one and that he was unsure if the assailant was still in the house here's where it gets a little fishy He gives conflicting statements on the order of events, first stating that he heard the door chime and then a scream, but then he changes it to say he heard the door after the scream. This could be intentional, but it could also just be because of the high stress of the situation at the time. It could have very well been that. I mean, you could, I mean, I can't imagine, you know, you're you're probably really, really freaking out. Uh, I would imagine so. Which is why it's kind of funny about the whole ma'am thing, but at the same time, it's probably such a panic. Your your voice is really high pitched. Adrenaline's going through you. Can't. That was an email. That was not me on the piano. Wouldn't that be amazing if it was, guys? Really? I can't even spell the word key, let alone play a key on a piano. <laughs> shut up. Quit telling me to shut up! Shut up. Okay. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Victor tells the dispatcher that the housemates found Wone stabbed in the stomach. Then later in the call, after he is heard speaking with someone in the background, he says that Wone was stabbed, quote, in the heart, which seems oddly specific, not just like in the chest. He said he was stabbed in the heart. Not to mention, he says Wone was breathing, which he definitely would not be doing if stabbed in the heart. It's hard to breathe when you're stabbed in the heart, I've heard. Yeah. The dispatcher gave instructions on applying pressure to the wound and instructed them to continue holding pressure on the stab wound until EMTs got there. She did very well with that, too. She was like, don't take the don't take the other towel off. Just, just if, if it gets soaked, grab another towel. 
and put, put, keep pressure on it. Don't swap towels. Put the other towel on top yes. of the soaked towel. And you can hear Victor repeating this to someone in the background. Victor confirmed back that... She was on it. She was on top of it. He confirmed back that someone was applying the pressure. He then randomly <clears> threw <throat> in that the, quote, intruder had one of their knives and oddly asked what time it was, all while continuing to whimper. Like, why are you concerned with what time it is? Yeah. Who gives a shit? Yeah. The call lasted about seven minutes, and the EMTs arrived in a little over five minutes, which is when you can hear Victor starting to whimper. He's letting him in the house, and he's sobbing. Violently sobbing. Yeah. Like a woman. It's cool. (laughs) If that's how you grieve, that's cool. So when the paramedics and police arrive, this is kind of what they saw. The Wait, before, if I may, mm-hmm. here's what I took from it. You mean to tell me, and I, granted, this might have happened. This is technically an unsolved murder, mm-hmm. so this could have happened. But what I took from the whole call, aside from the fact that that woman called him ma'am, I think, ten times, is... <laughs> Probably more than that. You mean to tell me somebody walked in... And was like, you know, this is a nice house. I'm going to go stab somebody. Mm-hmm. And then just did it. And then just left. Yep. Who, I mean, uh, granted, there are there, there are fucking psychopaths out there. Sure. Uh, actually, that gives psychopaths a bad name. Um, <laughs> honestly, that's a, that's a thing. A lot of people out there are psychopaths. Mm-hmm. I've taken the test myself and found out I have... Um, Psych, uh, psychopathic mind. It's not so much a bad thing. Um, it's when you act on it that it becomes a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, being a uh, working with a psychopathic mind, um, it's just it. You you have a certain outlook and a certain way, and a certain way of feeling with things. Uh, when I said psychopath earlier, it was actually I misspoke. I actually. I kind of damn near want to just apologize. Homicidal yeah, maniac. Yeah, a homicidal maniac. Because a lot of um, successful people, a lot of titans of industry and of entertainment and um, CEOs, all that stuff. They presidents. Work, presidents. And, you know. Hint, hint. Sure. <laughs> sure. I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll put it out there. I'm not, I'm not a supporter of Trump. But still, he's successful. And what mm-hmm. he did, he was successful. And there's a lot of CEOs that are successful who are people that are willing to do whatever they can to get into the position. Actually, that they are. psychopaths, mm-hmm. and that's fine. That's fine. It's when you act on it. That's that's when it becomes a thing. Yeah. Oh, so what I said. Uh, I'm going to go back to the test. Mm-hmm. Actually, if you don't mind, go ahead. But um, yeah. But seriously, you mean to fucking tell me some guy just fucking walked in mm-hmm. and stabbed somebody? Yeah, that's what happened. Didn't you hear the nine one one call? If, Somebody it, just waltzed in. And I would picture stabbed the man in the heart. What time is it? Maybe I'm maybe I'm painting a broad stroke, but it'd be like I'm gonna go ahead and go in here. First motherfucker I see, I'm taking a knife from the block. You know, like it, it'll be their knife. I'll just do it. And the first motherfucker I see, I'm gonna stab him in the ch- in, in the stomach. Maybe heart, probably heart, but stomach, and then. I'm going to go ahead and leave. And then I'm going to go out in the middle of the road and take a shit. Because you have to be that out of your fucking mind to do that. Mm-hmm. You'd have to be that fucking crazy. Yep. Like, the, the guy, like, if, the, if that happened, and this is just my opinion. I don't even have my glasses on. I don't give a fuck. You would have to be so batshit crazy 
nuttier than squirrel shit to just do this and then leave like nothing is fine nothing it's mm-hmm. fine i'm gonna go get a coney oh, dog but but it gets weirder but uh the psychopath test uh-huh okay here's a psychopath test i took and this is where i found out that i am operating with a psychopath Mindset. mind mind yeah yeah, where I, where I would technically be described as a psychopath. Mm-hmm. Okay, you ready? Um, right now you're listening to a test. Feel free to answer yourself. Um, but here's the test. Here's the results. It's two questions, and that's it. You would think it'd be more detailed. <laughs> okay, there's a railroad track. You're at the railroad track. You're at the um, the switchback, the where you change it from a... From the left track to the right track, mm-hmm. you're, you're you're right there at the where switch. Where you pull the lever. Where you pull the lever and you change the train's direction. Train is coming. Uh, the train is coming straight. Where you're standing is the straight path. Right there next to you is a person tied up. Meaning, uh, train continues down that course, it will run over that person. Or, the next track that forks over is five people who are tied up. Do you switch tracks to save that one person or do you let that train go kill the one person save those five what would be your answer erica what's your answer Mm, i don't remember what i answered last time but right now my current state of mind i would probably save the five as opposed to one that is technically the correct answer sacrifice one to save the five Mm mm-hmm that's the, that 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 question is actually the control. That's the control question. If you said the five, the whoever's testing you is like, get the fuck out of my office. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Now, same scenario involving a train. This time you're at the station, right? Mm-hmm. Train is coming, and this is all. Is it Thomas? <laughs> oh God. <it's> a... <laughs> <laughs> creepy. Thomas the train is creepy as shit. Our youngest loves Thomas. God, so scary. <laughs> Beady eyes just looking at you. Okay. Go ahead. Sorry. If I looked at you with beady eyes and smoke came out of my fucking ears like a smokestack, you, you'd fucking die from shock. That's how, Every time I look, I'm like, this is so horrific. And, and George Carlin. I'd look at you really? and be like, oh my God, it's a cartoon come to life. Would you? Mm-hmm. You're odd. Okay. So, you're on the deck now. You're on the platform. Uh-huh. Train's coming. All I can think of when we keep talking about trains and platforms is Silent Hill 3 when she's in the subway part of the game. That's where my mind goes. If you haven't gotten it yet, get the new Resident Evil. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway. So, you're on the platform. Mm-hmm. Train is coming up. Yep. Now, on the track are five people tied up. Mm-hmm. In front of you is a man, a little bit older, older than you, morbidly obese, mm-hmm. like one step away from getting a rascal that big. You know his girth. Again, this is unrealistic. His girth alone could stop that train. Now, here's the question that separates you from logical thinking to psychopath. Do you push him? I don't think, personally, I could push anyone into the path of a train. I could. And that's where I was labeled as 
operating with a psychopathic mind because I can understand the I reasoning th- behind it, but I, I don't think I could push somebody physically, physically do yeah. the act. I got to thinking about it, and I hope this really doesn't flaw my character. I'm actually a really nice guy. <laughs> um, I would think that this is all like in one second. I would think, okay, you're the age you're going to be. You're the size you're going to be. You're definitely a candidate for at least diabetes or heart failure or um, uh, like like heart attack or any, you know any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know if 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 you could have fixed it, you would have fixed it by now. You haven't. This is your one chance. You can now be a hero, and literally take my foot, and plant it on his back, and push him on there. He is now a hero, and he saved the lives of five people. Who will those five people will never forget him? And you would be charged with murder. I would, but it, it would be literally for the greater good. Which is why I operate in my mind like this, and you operate like this you erica operate mm-hmm. like this or why you listeners operate like this or like that and there's no wrong in either either of them is fine don't do it or do it i don't know but just don't do it for fun <laughs> but that is that's your base that's your base reading of where am i thinking where what, what is my um thought process and my thought process leans toward psychopath now Am I a psychopath? No, I'm such no, a you're Billy. I'm such a fucking nice guy. Billy Snuggles Jones. But if I think for one instant you will never live to see maybe your next birthday and I can sacrifice your life to save five people, then you're gonna die a hero. I'll make sure of that. Lord. And that's not wrong. That's it's it is what it is. It, it just, you know, it's whatever. But in this circumstance, we're taking that and extrapolating that into someone who would just randomly walk in and yeah. stab somebody. And again, this is I went I went way off topic. And, and when I listened to the nine one one tape, I'm like, seriously, like <laughs> I'm not even a nine one dispatcher, but I'm, I'm listening. It's like you expect me to fucking buy this? Some guy just kind of got stabbed on his own. Yeah, when you hear it, you think, oh my god, it sounds horrible. But when you actually break it down. And listen. It doesn't make sense. Things just seem odd about the phone up. call. And why ask for the fucking time? Who cares? Yeah, who asks what time it is when you're calling for emergency services for someone who's been stabbed? But let's go on to what the EMTs and police thought. The EMTs and police claim the scene they found was... <laughs> it was actually a man that answered the door. <laughs> they were like, hey, you're a dude. <laughs> is Victoria here? Victor. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, and I find that odd that they never asked for the caller's name, but whatever. Hmm. So, the scene they found was unusual. Oh, my God. I'm going to interrupt you again. I'm doing it right now. Made me think of, like, uh, 911 operators. You know how 911 operators always say, I'm going to stay with you? Mm-hmm. Do you know why? They're not allowed to hang up. I know. Yeah. So oh, just so you know, they're not allowed to hang up. They're not. <laughs> they can't hang up on you unless they know help is there or you've been connected to the they other have, authorities. They have before, and I think it was done with the uh, Cleveland kidnapping, Elyon, whatever the fuck thing. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Oh my god, was it Cleveland? 
Um, the guy that had like women held hostage in his house for years. They had his kids. It was like a big fucking. He committed suicide in his jail cell. Like it was a big thing. I want to say his name was Elion, but I, I might be wrong. I'll show you the video. You'll 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 know. Okay. But I think they were like, "Oh, they're coming by," and then like she got like in a lot of trouble. So what the EMS and police? The EMTs police claim that the scene they found was unusual. Quote, very mm. wrong. Um, per one paramedic, the three residents of the house appeared to be freshly showered and were standing in white bathrobes. One was lying on a convertible love seat, and there wasn't much blood at the scene. Jeff Baker, one of the paramedics, said, quote, It looked like his abdomen had been wiped, kind of like when you wash a window. According to legal papers, another paramedic, quote, saw a large hole in the victim's chest, big enough to fit your finger into, but there was no blood whatsoever on the victim, on the floor, or anywhere in the room. The papers also said it appeared to the paramedic that Wone had been, quote, stabbed, showered, redressed, and placed in the bed. No one could be seen attending to Wone or applying pressure to his wounds, which Victor said someone was doing. On the 911 call, according to the 911 call, you would think somebody's bleeding profusely. You can hear him repeating it to the person <clears throat> in the background specifically. And saying, yes, someone is doing this. Makes me think of the Menendez brothers, how the 911 call was damn near, like, rehearsed. Yeah. The paramedics could find no pulses. Wone's pupils were fixed and dilated. And there was no active bleeding coming from the wounds. He was hooked up to an EKG, which showed he was in asystole, which is a flat line. According to an affidavit later released, quote, based on a complete lack of any signs of life, Mr. Wone was dead and appeared to have been dead for some period of time. He was transported to the hospital and officially pronounced dead at 12.25 a.m. on August 3rd, 2006. They're saying that basically everything that was said in the 911 call does not fit the scene that they're seeing. So let's go into the forensics. Kind of makes me think like the paramedic arrived and was like, "We found a dead body, but are we in the right house?" Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah, they like they came in, like the head guy came in with the uh, <clears throat> tackle box full of shit, and it was like, "Where's he at?" And then, like they see him, and then like the new guy is coming up with a stretcher, and he's like, "It's fine, it's fine. This is I don't get this." Yeah, and you can actually there's a really excellent website which covers way more information than we're going to get into tonight. WhoKilledRobertWone.com and they actually have pictures on there of the towel that was supposedly held over his wounds. You can see for yourself that there's hardly any blood. So if we get into the forensics, Robert Wone was lying on the pullout bed on his back with his arms at his sides. His mouth guard was in his mouth, which he wore to keep his teeth from grinding while he slept. So, if you can imagine, you know, like what hockey players put in, or they have those ones that you can just... Boxers? Warm up at home, and it molds to your teeth. He had one of those in. So, obviously, he'd gotten ready for bed, put the mouth guard in, and supposedly went to sleep. But nothing in the room was out of place. There did not appear to be any struggle that had happened. 
Uh, his wallet, watch, and Blackberry phone still sat untouched on the table nearby. A bloody knife that appeared to have come from a knife block in the kitchen was sitting on a stand next to the bed. And if you'll remember, Victor said that he thought someone took a knife from their home. Kind of weird it's still there. Mm-hmm. Just sitting there, hanging out on a stand. One shirt had three cuts in it that corresponded with three stab wounds in his torso. And only two small droplets of blood were found on the bed sheets. A towel lying on the floor near the bed had a few small blood stains and a slightly larger area of dried blood on it, which is the towel I was referring to that you can find the photo of. A blood pattern and spatter expert stated that the blood drops found on the sheets were inconsistent with Wone having been stabbed while lying in the bed, and the dried blood on the towel was inconsistent with someone applying pressure to his wounds. The bloody knife found in the room was noted to have come in contact with the bloody towel as evidenced by fibers found, but no fibers from Wone's t-shirt were found on the blade. The blade was also noted to be too long to have inflicted the stab wounds. A knife from a cutlery set Ward owned was missing, and the blade length was consistent with the wound depths in Wone's torso. There was no sign of forced entry anywhere on the property, and nothing was disturbed or missing. So, we have a bloody knife who's come in contact with the towel, almost as if someone maybe took the bloody towel and wiped the knife with it, but yet you don't have any fibers from the victim's t-shirt on there. It's a little strange. So, during the autopsy... Which is what sucks. I'm sorry to interrupt. Um, What sucks is... If you're investigating, maybe this seems like a broad, you know, like a um, Broadway of, I said Broadway, of... On Broadway! Rent! That's a that's a thing on there, right? <laughs> We're going to get this guy. <laughs> um, cats! What sucks is the uh, cats and... Um, what bothers me is like the like you need the paperwork, you need everything technically done to make sure it's done properly, but at the same time you're the investigator and you're like, I know, and I mean like you could even go so far as to look at the guy, Victor or whatever, whoever the fuck, it doesn't matter. Be like, I I know, you know, you know I know, I know you know. But you have to actually look at everything and look at the stab wounds and be like, like, you know, like everything could just be wiped clean and look at the guy and be like, I know you did it. I know you did it. You know you did it. And you know I know you fucking did it. Well, before we get But you to... have to go through like the due process yeah. and the paperwork, cross the T's, dot, dot. You'd be amazed how much shit gets thrown out because... Uh, a, a witness signed a statement, but they didn't put the fucking date down, mm-hmm. and then the shit just gets fucking thrown out, and it's like it's a it's literally a miscarriage of justice. Yeah, I don't want to sound like I, I'm cross I, your t's, dot your eyes. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm gonna go out. I'm not saying I'm gonna go out and get a samurai sword. You're gonna kick a fat guy onto the railroad tracks. We know this, and get like a bulletproof vest and a cape. That would be kind of cool. I'm the hero you deserve. Not the one we need. No. 
but let's go over the autopsy. Robert had three clean, symmetrical stab wounds to the chest, all inflicted at the same angle and with the same knife. All of the wounds were four to five inches in depth. That's a pretty deep stab wound. Yeah. And one entered the heart, which you remember Victor said he was stabbed in the heart. No, stomach first. Mm-hmm. And then heart. He said all this, but he wasn't even on the same floor. Right. Right. He wasn't even with the victim, the body, Great memory he was at the time. Great memory, bro, from a thing you've seen that you're too scared to see. Yeah. It's awesome. The ME, the medical examiner, stated that due to the damage to major vascular areas, Mr. Wone would have bled significantly. Some slight petechial hemorrhaging was noted in both eyes, consistent with some type of asphyxial event, though there were no other signs of manual strangulation. Uh, his hyoid bone and his neck was still intact. There was no bruising. Kind of consistent with maybe someone holding a pillow over his face. The body had several needle puncture marks on the left side of his neck, the center of his chest, his upper right foot, and one on the back of his left hand, all done before death. There were no defensive wounds, and there was only a scant amount of blood found on one's hands, indicating that he probably did not even clutch them to his chest when he was stabbed. That indicated he was incapacitated at the time of the stabbing. A significant amount of internal bleeding was found through the intestines, indicating he had been alive for a considerable period of time, long enough that he had digested some of his blood. Goes back to the um, Blair. Significant abdomen wound. Mm-hmm. About 12 hours, give or take. Mm-hmm. Yeah, guys, if this is your first episode, go back to the first episode. Uh, Blair, I don't know about um, my, my, my beautiful, gorgeous wife. <laughs> I am going to go back to Blair mm-hmm. damn near every fucking episode. I want to know. <laughs> I want to know. The what... answer is out there somewhere. Because like, on some of these, to be honest with you, with some of these, like, even with this one, I find it very interesting. I really do. And, and I'm, I'm trying to think, like, oh, what can I say? What? Oh, God, what could be so cool? What? 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 One liner can I just push in here, man? That just to to lighten it up because these are awful things that that, that mm-hmm. happen to people. These are very horrific things. Yes, the first, very real, very <clears throat> horrific. Yes, it's almost like every episode. I'm kind of I'm, I'm breaking the fourth wall. I'm 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 kind of playing a character in its own way. Mm-hmm. First episode, that one's all Billy. If you want to hear <laughs> Billy, listen to the Blair episode. It just makes no sense. It makes no fucking sense. No sense. And my theory works. <laughs> I swear to God, my theory fucking works. But hey, it, it, Billy's sister actually has a theory. Hi, Sarah. Hey, that, Sarah. Um, Love you. Blair did ingest something, and they were actually trying to um, retrieve it from the other end. I said, like, rolling a tube of toothpaste? She said, yeah. So, hey, there's another theory. Oh. um, If by some chance, some small chance, you think Erica is funny, or I'm funny, if by any chance you laughed at any of this... You should meet Sarah. 
we're going to have Sarah on here. She's got to be on here. Sarah sometime. agreed to it. She agreed to it last night. She is hilarious. One of the funniest people I've ever happened across <laughs> in my life. Yes, Sarah is hilarious. We'll have to have her. Come She's on a fucking sometime. treat. She's gonna need Disney to drive her. Probably. She's gonna get fucking hammered. <laughs> I can't wait till Sarah shows up. Okay. So, uh, Robert digested some of his own blood. <laughs> you always do that. You always really, you just wrangle it in, don't uh-huh. you? Yep. Okay. <laughs> so, wait, that was found in his intestines? In his intestines. He had been alive long enough to digest some of his own blood. So, you're a nurse. What's that mean? Is it coagulated in there? Literally, like, like, like you said with Blair, like, would you actually take, like, the intestines and, like, squeeze it out? Like, I would, I've seen co- coagulated blood when I was in Iraq. I, I'm not positive on whether it would be coagulated in the intestines, but I would assume so. So when they did the autopsy and they opened up the stomach and the intestines, they probably found it in there. That tells me he's been alive for a significant amount of time. Long Maybe. enough to at least get some of his blood into in his intestines before he actually died. I've seen like blood coagulate, which is weird. I noticed that um, it's more purple than I thought. It's red, very deep red, but more purple. If you go to any gore site, you'll know what we're talking about. It's kind of a mix of purplish and red. It gets yeah. very thick. Um, if you are into gore, I would suggest documenting reality. You can only look at like five things a day, but if you pay, I know when I joined it was just $10. Um, it's worth it if you're a gore fanatic and interested in, you know, the biological side of it, which I am. It's worth the $10. I, I would strongly suggest documenting reality over any other gore site. <laughs> Anybody out there, if... Um... You've been. I, I'm not trying to put myself on a different like pedestal or nothing like that, but if you've been to Iraq or if you've been to Afghanistan, um, you don't need you, you don't need to. You don't, you don't need to go to that website. You've yeah. You've seen enough. Yeah. If you ever watch where doctors have like lanced a hematoma or something and squeezed it out, that's what we're talking about. Kind of jelly like. So they found this in his intestines. He'd been alive long enough to do that. It's been there for a while. Yeah. Which tells us he didn't die immediately after the stab wound, which if they heard him scream and ran to him and called the paramedics, there's no way he's going to digest his own blood in the seven minutes time it took the paramedics to get there. It looked like they showed up at a dead body. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like, and that sounds kind of remedial. And he wasn't officially pronounced dead until it was the following day at twelve twenty-five in the morning. But when they showed up, he was, for all intents and purposes, dead. It's not a person that was murdered in a room. It was a person who's dead in a room. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. They did toxicology test, but they came back negative. But at the time. You know, not all paralytic agents were tested at the time because of initial witness statements. There was no indication to really look for anything else. And for some reason, they didn't keep extra blood samples to test further. But they also found something kind of odd. 
Mr. Wone's own semen was found on his thighs, anus, and in his rectum, which may have been suggestive of some kind of sexual assault. Ha! Wait, wait. Yep, I just threw you for a loop. So his own? His own. Wait. It wasn't on his, like, his belly or anything like he masturbated. No, it was down in the nether regions and up in the... Because there's been times when I was a teenager, we were all teenagers, there's been times I shine a helmet and just pass out. I can't imagine, how does it get up? Yep. How? His own. Without further assistance, I don't see how that's possible. <laughs> unless, unless, wait, do we know 24 hours beforehand he was in like an international space station? No. He wasn't I there? I don't, I don't believe so. So he wasn't in zero G's? Floating with it. Even if he had been, how'd it get in his rectum? He would have to actually grab his cheeks, open them up, and then push himself against a wall in a shuttle. Something had to be inserted or right up against his rectum for this. I've never had, proud to say, I've never had my own baby gravy put in me. And just remember that Ward, who lived there as the third person, the house, the, the house was kind of the <laughs> the the dom in the relationship. Just saying. So, I'm not gonna knock what they do, but like, why would you take somebody else's? Okay, well, and this and, is real. This is real adult talk. Why would you take somebody else's come and put it up their own ass? Why would what what what's to gain from that? Yeah, that's where things get really weird. Maybe I just don't understand the world. <laughs> Maybe I just don't understand life anymore. <laughs> well, let's get into the police interviews. Yeah, all, all why not? Th- all three of the residents stated that Price and Victor, the two in the relationship. Okay, they're the relationship. They're not the, the relationship. Price and Victor. Price and Victor. The other one is the one... Price is the lawyer. I think, I, I, Victor called 911. I think the other guy, whenever I think of the other guy, I think of leather mask with a zipper. Yeah. Don't judge me. <laughs> That's what I think of. Yeah, his name's Ward. But we're talking about the other two. But the couple, the couple, Price and Victor, arrived to Robert first, and only then did Ward come out of his room. So when they were alerted to some kind of distress... They went to Robert first, and then Ward came out. I'm not saying Ward did it, but you remember like like when you're a kid and you break something and you just go to your room? You know what I mean? And then your parents find it, you're like, what? Well, Price and Victor claimed to have heard the door chime, which is the alarm they had. And then a few minutes later, strange grunting noises, which is when they got up to investigate. Which doesn't match with the 911 call when Victor says they hear a scream. So, they're saying in the interview they heard grunting and they investigated, but Victor said in 911 call, no, we heard a scream. Price, None of this matches. Yeah. Price claimed he had applied pressure to the wounds after removing the knife off of one's stomach and placing it on the table. So... This person allegedly came in, stabbed him with the knife from the butcher block that didn't match the knife wounds in the body. And from what we've learned, jacked him off first and then put 
his own come up his ass. Yeah, which would mean that someone stabbed him with a different knife but left this knife on his stomach. A cum tip knife. <laughs> so he took the took the knife off of his stomach, put it on the table, and then he made comments to police on his own accord that they might find his fingerprints or DNA on the knife since he had touched it. So he's just willingly saying to the police, oh yeah, you might find my DNA on there because I had to move the knife. That kind of, okay. I mean, from an objective point of view, that kind of makes sense. Like, if, if it was a murder scene, and, and if I, and, and if like, the knife is next to somebody, but I need to put a pressure on it, I might move the knife. Right. That could happen. That's a mundane thing. But he's deliberately on his own without the police asking him, saying, you might find my DNA on that knife because I, I moved it. That is kind of That's almost... That's a little strange. Almost kind of premeditated because you could come to the guy later and be like, we found your prints on it. And then, like, if it was me, like, oh, we found your prints on the knife. Like, oh, I moved it. The guy was stabbed. Yeah. I moved it. Of course you're going to find my DNA. You might find it all over the house. But he also said they might not find the killer's... Because the, quote, real killer might have been, quote, wearing a glove. How would he know this? So, that was his proposition to the police. So before the psychopathic test we gave, it went from a guy who's just crazy mm-hmm. to an assassin with a latex glove? Yeah, they, they'll find Price's DNA, but not the killer's because the killer may have worn a glove. Price, uh, during the interview, appeared to be very concerned with seeing Ward throughout the entire interview and seemed agitated. And aside from Wone's Blackberry that was on the table in the guest room, there was a landline phone in the room where his body was, which calls into question as to why Victor was told to go upstairs and call 911 by Price. You got a phone right there in the room Next to the person that's injured, but you're told, go upstairs and call 911. Hmm. Hmm. They also found numerous S&M sex toys and reading materials in Ward's room. That had nothing to do with anything. Well, they believe that maybe some of these devices could have been used on Wone to stimulate him in some way, causing the semen. Maybe. Maybe some toys what, were used. Do you think that's what it was? Do you think maybe it was a thing that just went too far? Everyone says that Wone was not gay. That was not the purpose of him staying there. But it's a possibility. It's a possibility he might have been bisexual. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But do you think maybe like um, they explored, experimented? Maybe Could be. It, maybe it got too real. Maybe there wasn't a safe word type of thing. No. No, because that would be like in the autopsy, like blunt force trauma to the anus or, I mean, they just found his own semen in his anus. How the fuck do well, you have your own? Let's get through the rest of us before we go over. That's fucking weird. How do you do that? <laughs> so Seriously, unless you have a turkey baster, how, you know, fine, whatever. <laughs> so they found all these sex toys and stuff in Ward's room. They brought in cadaver dogs who were trained to detect human blood and remains. They were taken around the property and hit on two locations. The lint trap in the dryer just outside of the bathroom by Ward's bedroom. And 
a drain in the secured courtyard in the back of the residence. Its cover was ajar as if it had been removed and not replaced correctly. An uncoiled hose was nearby that had not been recoiled after use, which inferred someone or someones could have rinsed blood off of them into the drain. A neighbor later reported to having heard a scream during the 11 p.m. newscast, which would have been no later than 11.35. Not a grunt. But as early as a few minutes after 11 p.m. So, police made note of the time between when the neighbor heard the scream and when 911 was called, which left a gap of anywhere between 19 to 49 minutes in which no one had called 911. It was determined that it would have had to have been Victor's scream when he found the body, as the M.E. concluded that one was already incapacitated at the time of the stabbing. So what was going on in those lost minutes? All of this points to someone in the house. My personal opinion is Ward. I don't know if maybe he put something in one's drink. He's got the injection marks on his body. Something could have been injected into him. I would think he would have already had to have been somewhat incapacitated for someone to then further inject him in all those different spots. Maybe he was using some type of sex toy on him, which caused the ejaculate. Could have. He maybe overdosed him with something when he injected him, realized he was having an OD, stabbed him to try and cover it up, make it look like someone crazy just came in and stabbed him. But I don't understand how none of these men have been charged with murder or, you know, why are they not accessories after the fact? Why is Price so concerned about seeing Ward during his interview? I have a feeling that Ward did something. Price came in and found it. Victor maybe didn't know as much, and that's why he's hysterical and crying and stuff on the phone, which is somewhat believable. Yeah. But maybe he knew something was off, but he didn't quite know what, and that's why some of his statements were odd, like asking about the time. That's just kind of my personal opinion. I still don't understand how they've got all this evidence that no one broke into the house. There's hardly any blood on the scene. I don't understand how none of these men were charged. The case would have been circumstantial, but where there is any evidence of an unknown intruder, I mean, where? Where? Yeah. Where is this intruder? With the knife that's gone, but it's suddenly there and clean. And then, of course, Ward, he had been in school for being a chef or something along those lines, some kind of culinary school, and he had a set of knives for that, and the knife is missing, which is consistent with the depth and shape of the stab wounds. But it's gone. So, it wasn't until 2008 that any charges were even brought against the three, Dylan Ward was charged in October 2008 with obstruction of justice. Joseph Price and Victor Zaborski were charged with the same in November. On December 19th, 
Charges against all three for conspiracy were filed. The affidavit stated that there were there was overwhelming evidence that they obstructed justice by altering or orchestrating the crime scene, planting evidence, delaying the reporting of the murder to authorities, and lying to the police about the true circumstances of the murder. Which is that bullshit I'm talking about. The the, the fine line shit, all that, you put it all together, they did it. Yeah. So, but you can't, you can't they, they physically fucking prove it. They and, couldn't prove murder, ah! but they were saying they did something to cover it up. The following April, the prosecution disclosed that there were two emails drafted on Wone's Blackberry, quote, at the time when prosecutors believed Wone dead. The three men were found not guilty on June 29, 2010 by Judge Lynn Leibovitz. She stated that while explaining her ruling, she felt the men knew who killed Wone, but she was not convinced beyond a reasonable doubt that they committed the charged offenses. How? Like, how can you not say someone in that house was responsible? And if the other two knew, then they should be charged just the same. Just the same. And it's not so much to say that they did it. Maybe they didn't do it. But there's that word that you just said. What's the responsible? Fucking responsible for it. Mm-hmm. You know, Somebody's got to answer for it. Reasonable doubt. Is it reasonable to think that some random person came into this house, took a knife, stabbed this man three times, then it just so happened that the three men living there heard a scream or a grunting? Then waited 20 to 40 minutes to call 911. Appeared freshly showered. Cadaver dogs hit on their dryer and a trap in the backyard where they could have hosed off. But it was an intruder. Some unknown person. Is that reasonable? I'm sorry. But to me, that is beyond a reasonable doubt that someone in this house killed this man. Yeah. I don't understand how this judge came to this conclusion. Beyond a reasonable doubt does not mean you are 100% sure. What is more reasonable? That someone in the house did it or some random person broke in and did it? Let's think about this, people. I'm just saying, my opinion, if I were on a jury, that is beyond a reasonable doubt to me. I don't care how circumstantial it is. Somebody has to answer for it. Well, on November 25th, 2008, Wone's wife, Catherine, filed a wrongful death lawsuit against the three men. Because obviously she couldn't get justice through the criminal court system. Gotta get him somehow. Uh, this lawsuit... Kind of, actually, it's kind of the same thing with, like, OJ. They didn't get him in a federal court, so the family went after him in a civil suit. Right. It's like, nah, motherfucker, you're not... No, not getting off that easy. Well, they ended up settling this one for an undisclosed sum in agreement on August 3rd of 2011. And to this day, no, no. Robert Wone is dead, obviously murdered. Unavenged. In my opinion, by someone in that house, most likely Ward. I feel that Price came in or Ward went to him Something happened between the two. Why was 
Price so concerned about seeing Ward all through his police interviews. I think Price knew something happened, whether he found it on accident or Ward went to him. And Victor may not have been completely involved. I think maybe he knew something happened, but didn't know the details. That's why he seems truly upset in his 911 call. But he's also asking the weird questions about what time is it. I think he knew they were covering something up, but he didn't know everything. That's why he seemed off. I wonder if there's pitching and, ch- and catching going on. I uh, The reason I ask mm-hmm. is, or the reason I say, is because, I, I know I've harped on this. I would say like, oh, you're not, a, you're not a man you wouldn't understand. No. His own cum was up his ass. Mm-hmm. I think... That was put there to show that something happened that might have been homosexual. Maybe it wasn't thought out. Maybe it was like one of those, we'll just take this and just put it there. They're, they're, they're going to see it. They're going to think it's come and they're going to think it's this, this, this. But they didn't think like they would do DNA testing and be like, this is his come. How, how did that happen? And he was laying on his back. Yeah, like how did, how did that happen? Like so at some was, point he had to have been on his side or turned over, because like they would have come really, just doesn't go up your rectum when you're laying on your yeah, back. Yeah, like they they, they <laughs> probably would have gotten away with it if the whole thing was true. If a man fucks another man and then and then ejaculates into his rectum, sure, okay, sure. But they just happen to run the test and be like, "Well, this is his come now. Mm-hmm. This right now." This does not make any fucking sense. And as far as I could find, and I read actual legal papers from the court, I didn't see where there was any sign of rectal trauma. Um, That's the other thing, too. So. You're going to have that. Something was just rubbed against it or placed there. Because, I mean, it doesn't matter. Like, um, you're going to have the trauma. You're going to have, like, let's say, let's say, for instance, you and I tonight have sex Mm -hmm. and then I kill you. The next day, they're going to know there's a reason that, you know, this looks like this. This is because they had sex. But to be like, everything looks fine here except for the fact, Steve, come look at this. That's his semen. Why is it there? Yeah, I have no idea. Is there abrasions? No. Lesions? No. Pubic hair burns? No. (laughs) Nothing. Nothing. Why is it up his ass? I have no idea. Why is it his? I have no idea. I have a strong feeling that he was incapacitated at the time this happened. That Ward used or did something in his menagerie of S&M shit. Caused wound which to is fine if you're ejaculate. S&M, if you're S&M, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. But I have a feeling Wone was unconscious, and this was done to him as a way to get sexual gratification. Maybe. And it was on something that was either rubbed or in contact with his anal area. I don't know, but I think something happened. Something happened. <laughs> that was the dumbest thing I ever said in my life. Something, really? Something to me, happen. something happened with Ward. And the other two tried to cover it up. I think something happened with Wone. 
Well, yeah, he got stabbed. Well, yeah, at the end of the day, yeah, something definitely did happen. I think um, maybe maybe drugs, maybe maybe sex, maybe he was bisexual. That's fine. I think. I wish they had kept blood samples. I think something. I think whatever happened. I think something went too far, and then they cleaned him up and put a dead body on a fucking fold-out bed, which is. In my opinion, clearly obvious when you listen to the 911 call. And I mean, the paramedics even said that Juan's body appeared that he had been cleaned and redressed. Yeah. And they see this shit all the time, and they're saying, this does not look right. Yeah, like, for instance, if I came home and you're dead and murdered, Mm -hmm. I'm either going to be covered in blood... Or I'm going to have the kids outside and we're going to have our hands up and be like, I didn't do shit. Mm-hmm. It would be clear. Whatever happened would be totally clear. But all three of them are clean, dressed, and in white robes. And just so happen to have washed themselves. Just but so they happened... were applying pressure to a bleeding wound. Yeah. Even though the towel does not show any proof of that. Yeah. So, Way to just go. saying. Way to go, ma'am. Yeah. I'm not passing judgment. It's just logic. Pure fucking logic. That, that's all I have for this. That's my opinion. Uh, I can't say for 100% that any of them are guilty of anything. That's just kind of my personal opinion looking at the evidence and what paramedics and police have found at the scene. The autopsy report. I, I don't think his murder has been avenged. I think even though it would be a circumstantial case... If I were a juror, I would have no problem convicting in this case. And you would have to actually, you have to think like objectively, which is encouraged. You should. Mm -hmm. There is the actual whole, do you know, are you certain, 100%. And it's like, well, fuck, everything that you've presented, I guess not. I, I, I understand why they were let off. They shouldn't have. But I understand why, because it's like you look at it and you're like, are there fingerprints on it? Are there DNA? Like, well, I like, mean, for, for the judge to even say, I think you guys know more than what you're saying, but I have to let you go. I mean, that's the thing. I have to, I have to, I have to, according to the law, I have to fucking let you go, which is weird. This is a whole triangle of, of, of death. And one of you happens to be a fucking lawyer. Wow, so strange. I have to let you off the fucking hook. I just, I hate this whole thing. I hate it for Robert. I hate it for his wife. It's not fair. I don't care whether he went there as just a friend to stay the night, to go to work. If he went there as like a side S&M thing, I don't care. The poor man is dead. And that's what matters. And he's not received any justice. It's not right. Yeah. But you are more than welcome to make up your own. These are our opinions. These are our. Just our our opinions. Not saying anyone's guilty of anything. Don't want any libel suits. (laughs) Yeah. You know what? Actually, guys. um, Yeah. Sue me, murderer. Yeah. Go ahead. (laughs) I, I bet you right now, just with this podcast episode alone, we've brought more. We, we could actually take this and present it to a jury and this would probably be a lot fucking different. And I'll tell you what, if this shit happened in the fucking 80s, your ass would be in jail. 
They didn't give a fuck back then. Yep. 60s, 70s, 80s. That, that Those were the days where they like... Yeah, nowadays everyone... Oh, well, we have to have DNA evidence. But it comes back to that reasonable I'm not, doubt. I'm not, I'm not saying beat the shit out of a suspect. But sometimes if you beat the shit out of a suspect, they're like, okay, I did it. I think if they had had a chance in the beginning maybe to break Ward... Maybe this would be completely different. Somebody need to get broken on this one. It's easy. Watch. You ready? You ready? How's on cum get up his ass? How that knife get cleaned? How are you missing a knife but there's a knife there? Where's the guy that did it? We could keep doing this. I know. You know. We know. We want to keep doing this? Put him in a cell for 24 hours. And when he gets out, let him have breakfast. Bring him back in for 24 hours. And I think that's why Price wanted to see him so badly. He wanted to make sure that he didn't crack. Just my opinion. You know, there was this really cool scene on L.A. Confidential. Remember that movie? Vaguely. There's this awesome interrogation scene. Where uh, the interrogation rooms are wired. Mm Mm-hmm. So what he did was, like, he got information from one guy, then went to the next guy's room, went underneath the table, flipped the switch, right? So now it's open mic. And he was like, your boy just fessed on you. What are you going to say about it? So he started talking. The whole time, that guy never said shit. But now he's sitting in that room handcuffed. He's like, motherfucker, motherfucker, because the other guy is mm-hmm. sitting here spilling his beans you kind of need that shit back again. Yeah. You got. You kind of got to turn tables back on the people that do shit bad. That do shit bad. Where are you, Batman? <laughs> God damn. Shut up, stupid. I can talk good and stuff. Oh, cadaver dogs. I learned something. This is for educational purposes only. Jesus Christ, this is for educational purposes only. <laughs> I learned mm-hmm. if you were to get rid of a body... You bury it about 20 feet down. Oh, yeah. Halfway, kill a dog. Then bury that. That way, when the dogs come through, they'll smell a dead body. Mm-hmm. But they'll find a dog. Mm-hmm. And be labeled a false positive. Yeah. Because they won't bother digging deeper to look for a person. Because he found a dead thing. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, well, he's a dog. He found a dog. But what good luck do? digging a twenty foot hole. You had to put a lot of work into that shit. <laughs> but that's I, I, when I found that out, though, I was like, "Wow, that's actually very fucking interesting." Very clever. Just that's a lot of work. Oh, I'm gonna, digging the hole and killing the dog. We have a lot of editing to do, so we're gonna chop this one down a lot. Geekyclothing.com. Yeah. Get your martinis and macabre gear. If there's something else you'd like to see? Maybe request it. Maybe we can make it happen. Yeah, I could do phone cases, too. I want one. Right now. Make it happen. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Go to geekyclothing.com, enter the code MACABRE to get a percentage off your purchase. I'm working on 10%. He's working on it. <laughs> I got our crunch numbers. You can get our wonderful Martinis and Macabre t-shirts or get them on a mug. The shirts are super comfortable. Not just saying that. 
to blow smoke up your ass. They are truly comfortable, like soft, sleep in them, pre-worn, very comfortable. They're like the shirts that you can actually like use as a pillowcase, really. Go to Geeky Clothing. Follow us on Facebook, Martinis and Macabre. Follow us on Twitter at martini underscore macabre. Uh, we also started an Instagram recently, Martinis and the Macabre. You can go to our website, martinisandthemacabre.com. Send us an I do. Go to our website, martinisandthemacabre.com. Feel free to send us any questions, comments, suggestions for topics to cover. Email address, martinisandthemacabre at gmail.com. Want to thank Phaser765, our wonderful son, for our artwork that you see in our thumbnail. And also adorning the Geeky Clothing Martinis and Macabre shirt and mug. You can find him on YouTube. He's wonderful. Of course, we're a little biased. And I want to thank uh, PurplePlanet.com, JewelBee.com, and Pond5.com for the music and sound effects you've heard this episode. And with that, I think we're ready to close this one out. It's been an hour and 45 minutes that I got to trim down. <laughs> we love you all. Thank you so much for downloading, sharing. Keep it up. We are at around 2,000 downloads in less than a month. It is amazing. We might be right now. Yeah, we might be. Uh, it is just completely humbling. We love doing this. We want to keep doing it. Keep sharing. And we'll see you next time. You guys take care of yourselves. Don't get come up your ass. I, I, I think I should say that now. Yep. That's what he wants to go out on. Don't be in a hotel parking lot with platinum. And don't have come up your ass. I guess if I ever have words of wisdom, that's it. The more you know. Doo, doo, doo. Can you a bitch from Australia and her name's Catherine. Look out. We'll see you next time, guys. Deuces. Bye-bye. Ha! Horse piss!